Welcome to episode 8 of Lost Without Japan, a podcast based on Japan and your Lost Without Moments. This is your director of travel for TKIC Studio Productions, coming to you with hopes and dreams of a return to travel for himself and others in summer 2022. I'd like to thank you for giving me a bit of your time today, and I truly hope that this podcast finds you in a good place or on a better path, no matter how it may seem at this moment. My belief is that we could all use a beacon like this in our lives to help guide us during these times, and my hope is that Japan, along with this show, will become that for you. Getting to Japan on either your first visit or return trip will be a topic I'll be hitting many times throughout the first season. Today's episode will contain some talk about the recent border closing, staying positive, and talking about making a link in Google Maps for your visit. We'll be taking a brief pause on our ever-growing list of travel items for this episode. We'll be sharing the link to the show's new link of possible travel locations in Google Maps for Hiroshima today. Um, It's going to be part one for that. I'm going to begin hitting different locations in Japan, giving both places to eat and places to visit. So really look forward to sharing that with you. So go ahead and take a few deep breaths and come along with me as we begin planning either your first trip to Japan or your return trip to Japan once travel opens back up to us. So let's get this show started and get you on your way to making your very own Lost Without Moments. I want to say a big thank you again to our sponsor, K-Pop Kimchi Podcast. The super brief advertisement, as always, will go at the end of today's show. If you could give them a listen and check them out, tell them I sent you. It'd be much appreciated. Today's topic, again, is staying positive and making your own Google Map locations that are here. But let's check in and see how everything's going first. How are you doing today? How is everything going I hope that this finds you in good health. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're a returning Lost Without Japan listener, thank you for returning. First, let's just check in. How are your steps in dreams come true saving account going? Keep those celebrations going, no matter how small it was or how big it was. Let's just be happy that we're making progress together. My Japanese studies has hit a bit of a bump lately with family concerns um, that have had my focus in different places. Luckily, everyone is back to being healthy again, but I fall into a bit of habit of doing things that I would have in the past uh, as like just a distraction from some of the things that were going on. Can anyone say Pokemon Brilliant, Brilliant Diamond? My hope is that this time heading back into break will give me a nice opportunity to refocus and get back to working on learning Japanese, you know, to help reach that long-term goal of mine to move to Japan and have that be way more enjoyable once that does happen. So I'm hoping to keep sharing that growth with you as it moves forward, and I'm hoping that yours is going as well. Truly feel lucky today to be sharing this journey with you. And looking forward to both supporting you and having us support each other. Tell those around you what you're doing. Have them hold you accountable. Let's keep each other going. And if you want to reach out to the show, as always, you can reach out at lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com. 
or through Instagram at Lost Without Japan as well. So let's get started here. And really, the news that I'm sure all of you have heard for the most part um, is that Japan was uh, closing their borders. Um, and this was like after, I think about a month ago, when things were looking like they were beginning to let in uh, students, uh, business people, again, with some sort of brief quarantine time. But things were really beginning to look positive. And I would, my hope was that if this it went well and people were getting in, that we would see uh, tourism uh, begin to happen again. And I had no doubt that it would be in limited numbers, um, like that they would limit how many were, uh, you know, getting in each day. But I don't mind that, you know, and I wouldn't mind uh, having a few days of quarantine as well. Not the whole week, but if we had like three days and we're able to get in, I, that's definitely something to go. And that was keeping me going as well. So when that news came out, um, the one article that I looked at uh, that caught my attention first was with the Japan Times. And the title of the article, if you're looking to look at it as well, is Japan to bar all new foreign visitors as Omicron fears grow. So the government announced uh, in this article uh, that came out on November 29th that on that Monday, that it will ban all uh, like foreign travelers for one month, effective on that Tuesday in an effort to prevent the Omicron variant from spreading uh, domestically within Japan. And they were saying that the restrictions will uh, encompass all foreign exchange students, interns, travels, those travels for business, and it was for every country in the world. Um, the entry ban would not affect Japanese nationals or foreign residents returning to the country. Um, but they would need to isolate in government-designated facilities from anywhere from 3 to 10 days. And I know for some of them, that's part of the, um, I guess you could say, like what's what's kind of making it difficult too is having no idea um, if that's 3 days, if it's 10, if it's 5, and not like necessarily having some sort of uh, more, you know, like felt out timeline of like, hey, if it's three days, we know this. If it's five days, we know this. If it's 10 days, we know this. But arriving not knowing um, also makes that hard. But they, what prompted this was it looks like that there was a traveler from Nambia, uh, one of the nine countries included in that initial announcement that had tested positive for COVID-19 while at a dedicated facility in Japan. And um, with all that's going on, um, I don't know about you, but it seems like every day, um, or not every day, but like every month, it's kind of uh, changing. So it is kind of hard uh, to keep positive uh, with that because I know for myself personally, my trip is um, kind of like what keeps me going um, through the year. And it's me doing things like that Amazon link that I will conclude in the notes as well as I did in the last episode of travel recommendations for things to bring with you on your trip to help make that a little more enjoyable or starting this Google Maps uh, locations for the show for each uh, different cities and things like that with you. Um, those are things... Um, including like just looking at travel videos, watching different um, personalities that just keep me going, keep me positive. And when you hear uh, news like this, it kind of 
you know, makes you take a step back because um, as everyone in the show knows, I'm looking to go um, next summer. I'm looking to go um, with my friend. And when I kind of took that step back, what I did last summer when it was like pretty obvious that we weren't able to travel because I had planned on going with my son um, the previous summer was just that I kind of took a step back and said, well, if we're not going to be going um, now and it's pushed off another year, what does that give me? Um, it gives me a chance to save a little bit more. And what I decided to do along with my uh, travel buddy uh, that will be in the podcast at some point in time, Josh, we as a group just decided, hey, if we can't go this summer and it's going to be the following one and we have another year to save, why don't we extend our trip? And so we went from planning on two weeks to planning to being gone uh, for three. Now, I don't plan on at this time extending it to a month or something like that. Um, I can't be gone uh, for my part-time job for that length of time um, over the summer and lose out on that much income. So basically, um, if we were to be canceled again, and again, I want to just state pretty clearly here, I still feel we have a great chance of going next summer. Uh, the numbers for Japan um, are fairly um, like low. And um, it seems to be more of like a government uh, issue at this point in time with both parties wanting to seem strong against COVID after that first initial uh, wave uh, back some time ago now um, th that the government was criticized for not closing borders soon enough. And I feel like each party doesn't want to be the one um, that's caught um, feeling like they didn't uh, do what they were supposed to. But at some point in time, I think you're going to have to look at your numbers and see that they are low and that you look like it. When I look at my um, Google map locations that I've saved for my personal list in the past, this is something I talked about in the last episode was that I see quite a lot of businesses that are permanently closed at some point in time. Um, tourism is going to have to be allowed uh, just for income for all these different cities, towns, and things like that, and just for Japan as a whole. And I do feel like we stand a good chance of that uh, come summer. So I'm not going to be extending it past my three weeks, but what I decided was if for some reason that this happens again next summer um, and we have to push off for the following year, what we'd end up doing is just basically looking to book some slightly nicer accommodations. Um, I'd look to have some extra money with me uh, just for things to do while we're there, maybe catch a couple more baseball games, um, just have uh, all together an even better experience uh, than we would have, um, you know, this upcoming summer. So maybe that's something we can just look at together and just say, hey, um, yes, uh, you know, there's the chance. But if there is, it's not the end of the world, and um, we can look to improve ourselves, save a little bit. And for those of you that still feel like your Japan trip's a couple years away um, with your savings, you're right on track, so don't worry about it. And if you need someone to talk to or reach out to uh, for support, I am always there for you. So let's get going on to some more uh, positive things right now. And I'd like to talk to you today about creating your own Google Maps. And I'm sure that this is something 
um, be it Apple or whatever uh, service that you use, that we use it on a fairly regular basis. Me, I have a horrible sense of direction, so I use it all the time for getting out and about. But a lot of people uh, may not create a list within this of places that they want to save. And one of the things I did back in 2017 when I went by myself was I created a list in Google of map locations for different cities I was going to visit and could possibly visit. I bookmarked my Airbnb, bookmarked the hotels I was staying at, and then began to do a bit of a research around them uh, to see what was available. Where was the convenience stores? Um, Where were um, places to eat that I was interested in? Um, When I was researching what to do um, as far as uh, different tourist spots, I was putting those into my maps. And what ends up happening, at least for me, is it just got me more and more excited. And I ended up finding things that I wouldn't have found. And one of the things I enjoy the most is finding things that aren't in that top you know, 10 lists that you find for Osaka or top 10 for Tokyo, top 10 for whatever. And I find that when you're watching these travel videos where you see people that are just literally walking the streets of Tokyo or Osaka, not talking, just showing things that you find restaurants, you find things that aren't even on Google and you kind of can drop a mark especially when you see that there's a bunch of people by them, um, may just be new uh, and just something to look forward to. One of the things I also enjoy um, and have enjoyed for my time is kind of interacting with people that are there and um, building relationships that could end up becoming uh, friendships. And, um, you know, who knows, you could have someone visit you um, or someone to go back and visit again on your return visits as well. So let's start off Um, like within Google Maps, like start looking if all you're going to is Tokyo, you know, you could start there. And if you put in Tokyo and you can start doing map locations, one of the things I like to do in Google Maps is you can search um, hotels as well um, or just see places that you want to visit for each city. It's great. And let me tell you, um, once you know where you're staying, It really is a huge benefit to kind of look what's around and have an idea of um, such some possible things. So when you're on your trip, you're not just constantly searching for things or just doing necessarily what's right next to you because you're tired after a long day of having fun. But you can have some things uh, to share also with uh, people that are coming with you. If you have someone joining you, just a great thing that you could, if you leave those sharing options open, allow others that are coming on your trip uh, to add their own interest. I don't know about you, but um, with my son and Josh and I, like all going, um, we all have some things we're interested in. It's nice to give a spot to where we can all put some input, put some ideas for ourselves, um, and then also for the group. And we can kind of look through and say, hey, this is what, you know, Josh is looking for. This is what Sam's looking for. Um, It's just a great, wonderful, amazing place uh, to save those locations for you. And when I was thinking about all those different things, um, I know on the past few podcasts, I was asking if it might be beneficial for the show to introduce its own Google Map uh, Save Locations uh, Four different cities within Japan and with that Amazon list um, having that link available to you 
um, I really felt that this is something that's needed. If this podcast is going to be based on helping people get to Japan or helping people have a better time on the return, what better way to do that than sharing both items that will make your trip better, but also share locations that I can recommend as well. So this is going to be part one of a talk on Hiroshima. And if you go to the the show description, you can see the link um, for the Google Maps for the show. And we'll continue to update that over time. If you ever notice that something's not working, um, please let me know. But if you are looking to join along with the show, go ahead and hit pause now. Okay. Now that everyone's back... um, What we're going to be looking at today is a list of things that I came up with um, for Hiroshima. And um, today's focus will be mainly on some food. Um, There will be some different uh, tourist spots as well. I'll share some of my um, places that I'll look to go to as well. I'm going to stop like a... Start at the bottom of our list here for um, good time, and that is a location that I've talked about um, a few times as well. But now you can have this on your list. And again, um, he makes his own hot dogs. They have adult beverages. He's a a very warm, uh, welcoming personality himself. Just a great place uh, to go to. And what brought me to Japan the first time and ended up helping me find good time was um, the Hiroshima Peace Memorial Museum. And I've talked about that in the show in the past, but if you're going to Hiroshima um, or anywhere near it, it really is um, you know, something I'd recommend to anyone um, and truly uh, worth your time. So I have that on the maps um, as well. Up above that, there's a teppanyaki um, restaurant. Uh, One of the things that caught my attention in that was just the uh, high rating for the restaurant as well. Um, That that were in here and just a lot of different foods that were here. Um, Above that one as well is one of the lists that I've decided to add for myself for next time um, with my... uh, friend and my son that we're visiting is just uh, possible places, but most likely um, they're going to be things I look to for my return trip because I plan on coming back to Japan after the the visit with my son like numerous times. But my next um, planned visit after going with my son is going to be kind of just basing my time in Hiroshima um, and Fukuoka. kind of just exploring the areas around there. Um, My trip's probably going to be a shorter one next time um, just because of, you know, limited time to save things. But I really would just want to visit my friend again um, after we're able to go. Um, And that community that's growing just from the friends that are meeting with other friends whenever we do. And um, I miss it. Um, I don't want to go two years again um, once we're allowed to go back in and things return to normal. So, I'm going to keep on adding things uh, for myself. And one of those is the craft beer and sumi um, list that is on our list of two. And Raku beer both have wonderful um, ratings. And when I'm looking through pictures for them, um, just have way more than just the, uh, the adult beverages, but have what looks to be um, some just simply um, wonderful, wonderful um, meals to go with that. One place... Um, that popped up on my list was a noodle shop um, that specialized in Chinese and Korean dishes. And 
on that past episode, one of the things I told you to do is that when you're in Japan, broaden your horizons a bit. Uh, one of my favorite restaurants to eat at was um, Italian. Um, one of the best meals I've ever had in my life came in Tokyo from an uh, Indian restaurant that is unfortunately closed. It was located right near the um, Tokyo Dome. But don't just limit yourself to, uh, you know, Japanese food. There's lots of amazing food made by um, Japanese nationals and um, you'd be doing a disservice to miss out on it. And for those following along with the list, um, Kikosu Soup No Misa Kiwaniai is on that list. And above that is probably one of my favorite foods but no, probably about it. It is one of my favorite foods to eat in Japan, and that is Japanese curry. Love it with both chicken and pork uh, cutlets. And I have Koko Ichibanyas, and just one of my favorite places to go. It is not expensive in any way, shape, or form, and the amount of food that you get is um, just uh, like not a small serving it's actually a decent sized meal that you can even make bigger you get you can specialize um hotness you can specialize the si- how much rice uh how much pork um pretty wonderful and something that i added to the list is tokyo uh tokyo curry and i've not been there yet um but again i one of my goals i feel is to hit as many curry places as i possibly can um last trip when i went with my friends i believe i had five um pork cutlet curried uh meals in one day i don't recommend that (laughs) but i had a wonderful time doing it and each one was a uh, different location so if it wasn't besides the ramen and sushi on your list of things uh take it from me give uh your uh curry uh, in japan a uh chance Another location that I have is Bar Bunny Cafe, and one thing I liked about that is that, um, again, some different Korean food um, and more than just drinks that are here. One thing, I love baseball. My son loves baseball, and on that next visit that we're going to together, we are going to try to hit a few different baseball games. And I've not yet been uh, to the Hiroshima Carp uh, Mazda Zoom Zoom Stadium, um, but that is on the list for next time. Um, I have been to uh, the stadium in Osaka for the Hanshin Tigers. I have been to Tokyo Dome, but definitely going to look to see the, the Carp on my next visit. And with all the different uh, foods that I was having, we'd be remiss uh, to not add some dessert. One of the places that looked really interesting to me was Polar Bear. And the ratings on it uh, were 4.8 out of 5 for 22 people. Looks to be kind of a uh, various different sweets and desserts uh, that are here. Specializing in ice cream. And I love dessert anytime, but I love it even more on vacation. Um, One restaurant that I have visited and that I will return to um, is another Korean uh, restaurant, Agungi, and that is on our list up above um, Polar Bear. 
And I have been there. Um, we'll be there again. The owners and everyone that's there are so friendly. And if you're a fan of uh, music, K-pop music or things like that, they always seem to have something playing. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful time. And just one uh, heads up for it, if you look in the reviews as well, it's on um, a floor off of the main road. So it's not just like you're, you go there and it's here. It's up a couple flights um, and you'll see um, that available as well. But if you're in Hiroshima, I can only stop at two places. Um, I would say Good Time and our friends at Agungi as well. Um, in the past podcast, one of the things I talked about was that I love visiting uh, Japanese malls. Don't necessarily do it for every city, um, but the Aeon Mall in Hiroshima, uh, uh, Fuchu, is there for you as well. Um, depending on where you are in the trip, um, especially if you've been in Japan for a bit, um, I love, 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 love uh, getting to see people interacting with them with their family or friends and seeing people in a non-tourist uh, location uh, just doing day-to-day things is part of what I go to Japan for and it doesn't have to be a mall <laughs> that you're going to I've watched um, baseball games on the weekend uh, between different sports clubs and had a blast doing so um, I've encountered people to talk to while doing so and they're like oh, what brings you here you know like kind of like why are you watching our baseball game um, but in a very polite way and I let them know that I love baseball as a whole you know that I'm traveling from Chicago and um I've just had some wonderful experiences from doing that. Uh, so add it to your list. Uh, even if it's just for a bit, I really feel like you won't be disappointed. Uh, next is one of those tourist locations um, that you can visit is the Hiroshima um, Castle. And then also um, we have the Floating Tory Gate um, that's currently under um, construction at this point in time. But I hope uh, by summer um, that that is going to be something that will be available. Um, It's been on my list to see, but its location is one where um, a lot of my past few times that I've been, I've been in Hiroshima only for just a couple of days and have spent my time catching up with friends and things that are here and haven't made my way out to the Tory Gate. But that is going to be something that I look to uh, do um, on my return visit. And one of the things that I have um, located is uh, Itajima in Hiroshima is one of those places um, off of the main area, one of the the islands off of um, Hiroshima. It has a naval museum that my friend Josh visited um, as well on his past visit. Um, I did not go with him uh, when he did so, and I'm going to have him on the podcast to talk about that as well um, so that he can give you a little more information. But one thing uh, that I saw while looking at that town in particular is that it is an amazing spot looking through the reviews for sunrise and sunsets. And that seems just like a wonderful thing and going to be part of probably like a couple things that I do on my next visit. Because like I told um, those of you that have listened before, um, one of my things in Kyoto that I'm going to be doing is looking to watch the sun come up um, and start my day off in that regards, uh, hitting temples, shrines and things, just make a day of it. But really uh, just 
try to uh, make as many moments as possible uh, for myself, my son, my friends, you know, and make this something that we're going to remember for the rest of our lives. And that is one thing um, that these lists that you can create for yourself, and it doesn't matter what map um, service you're going to be, but I'll tell you, Google Maps is wonderful in Japan. Um, It may vary according to country. But Google Maps will help you with subways, it'll help you with trains, it'll help you with buses. Uh, It's really my go-to service while I'm there, even if I use Apple Maps, uh, mainly when I'm at uh, home. So that is uh, the show's uh, start of a list for Hiroshima. Again, we'll add more to it. And we're going to hit different cities that are here um, throughout our time and just give us something to talk about as I really feel like our list of things for Japan um, is going to kind of come to the point to where we have pretty much everything I would recommend. You may have your own things, of course, as always, to add to it, um, but... Um, I'm not sure that we're going to be able to keep on adding uh, additional things uh, to that without just having it be something um, that loses its meaning uh, for us. So we're going to switch our show's focus uh, to just start talking about locations and get you excited about your trip. And again, getting you excited for that first trip or getting you excited just for a return trip. And who knows, um, bring up something that uh, you may not have thought of yourself. If you have things that you would like Uh, included in our Hiroshima list or included in future talks of Tokyo, Osaka, Kyoto, or wherever you've been within Japan that you want included uh, included in the show's Google Maps uh, save locations, feel free to email me um, at lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com or just through Instagram at lostwithoutjapan, and I will give you credit Uh, for that shared location and make sure to include it uh, in what we have. So one thing I'm looking for over to winter break besides is just a return to more of a steady study of Japanese is I've already booked um, one uh, interview basically. I'm looking to try to get a second one going for over winter break. Uh, one of those interviews um, I'm going to look to have is with a friend, uh, Tom, who's not been to Japan, uh, but has traveled a lot and just kind of has some fun talking about different things about Japan with him and get someone's take uh, that isn't someone that is routinely into uh, Japan. Uh, Tom is uh, a friend of mine um, that I've known for a few years and we have kind of a board gaming group uh, and a D&D group that gets together every other Friday and have so for some time. And Tom always brings some sort of thought to what we're doing uh, that the rest of the group hasn't thought of. I don't know if you have friends that are like that, too, that just bring a different perspectives. And I think he's going to be a perfect fit uh, to the show, even if he doesn't have a lot of knowledge uh, in Japan. I'm also going to be looking to get my friend Josh on. Um, Like I said, he's going on my next trip. He was with me on the last. And uh, just a good friend. And he's just as much into Japan as I am. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun getting to talk to him, uh, you know, with this show and then share that with you. Now on to our housekeeping. Please give a follow, like, and comment on your favorite streaming service uh, for updates on the show. Feel free to give um, 
a follow on Instagram at lostwithoutjapan or lostwithoutjapan.lipson.com. And if you'd like to reach out to me directly, as I've said, you can reach out in that old-fashioned way of email at lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com. Looking for the next episode to arrive in two weeks again and have our adventures continue together as we discuss more about Japan and different locations that you can visit and recommendations for those. And and really, at the end of it all, uh, just looking to help you make your own Lost Without Japan moments in Episode 9. Crazy to think that we're this close to 10. And as this year is coming to a close, also making me think about uh, that we'll be... 30 episodes in or whatever it will be around that time next year. Just look so forward to this adventure and just this community and sharing everything that we have with each other means the world to me. So on behalf of Lost Without Japan and its entire crew, I'd like to thank you for joining us on this trip today. And we're looking forward to seeing you on board again in the very near future. To everyone out there, Oginki Day. Stay well, my friends. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the K-Pop Kimchi Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Turner, with my co-host, Paul Grella, Brian Limper. And when you need a break from planning your upcoming trip or maybe even your first trip to Japan, be sure to come check us out on the K-Pop Kimchi Podcast, your number one source for all things K-Pop related. 